Hi, this is Sarah Frazier, and you're listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Radical Radiance Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca George, and I'm so excited to be joined by my friend Sarah Frazier today, author of the brand new book, I Didn't Sign Up For This. It comes out here in just a couple of weeks, and we get to talk all about it today. We talk about God's goodness, His sovereignty, and what do we do with seasons of disappointment, or maybe it's just those little things that come our way, and it's the death by a thousand cuts thing where we are just exhausted and overwhelmed, and we want to remember God's goodness and his sovereignty in those times. So I think you're going to be really encouraged by Sarah's wisdom and encouragement for us today. So help me welcome our new friend, Sarah, to the show. Sarah, welcome to the show. It is so fun to have you here today, and I'm so excited about your new book. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I love listening to your podcast, and you have some really cool and exciting guests on here. So I'm just honored to be on here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. It's so fun to get to connect with you face to face because I feel like we've been online friends for quite some time. And so there's been, I said this on a episode not all that long ago, I feel like there's this new generation of us coming up through like the writing and speaking world who are launching our first books this year. And it's been really fun to get to walk alongside you and watch the process unfold for you. And the same for me with Do The Thing a few months ago. And so it's just fun to get to celebrate each other. So I'm excited for our friends to get to hear about your new book. It is titled, I Didn't Sign Up For This, How to Rest in God's Goodness When Your Story Shifts. And I just can't tell you how much I feel that title when I read that out loud, right? Because we all have those moments in our lives when our story shifts or maybe something occurs that wasn't quite according to the plan that we thought we had for our life. And so I just can't help but think knowing God put this message on your heart that you probably feel that too when you read the title. So I want to hear more about your heart behind the message of the book. Yes. So when I came to that title and I came to this message, it was definitely not something that I saw myself writing 10 years ago. And Mm. it's because I had to walk through all of that um, and say those words to myself over the past 10 years more than one time. <laughs> and yeah. so I I feel this book is for the woman who really wanted to um, make plans for her life is just that planner kind of person and likes things to, you know, I tell people I don't like for my ducks to look like they're in a row. Like I need them to be in a row. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> that's just, right. <laughs> that, not just that they are it, you know, look that apparent, no, like my life, I like it planned. I like it, you know, worked out. And a lot of my things in my early adulthood, late teenage years kind of worked out and, mm. you know, my plans, you know, were going to great. And then the Lord would just interrupt. And it's for those women who kind of find themselves living a life they didn't really see coming. And it's yeah. not that the life is necessarily bad. It's just different. Mm. And it's just not what exactly we pictured. And we're fighting that push and pull of being content, but also feeling that disappointment. 
that little nagging disappointment of, wow, I kind of thought things would be different at this stage of my life or this part of my life. And so I really wanted to speak in to that woman that was just not that she had a huge disappointment that, and maybe you have, I've had a couple of those, but just these, these little disappointing feelings that we wrestle with, how can we combat that with truth from God's word? Yeah, that's so good. The term that's coming to mind when you say that is, or when you describe disappointment in that way is kind of the death by a thousand cuts thing. Right. Like maybe for your season, it is this very large life altering thing that God sends our way. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But in my life, it's been those things that have actually shaped and refined me all the more. And God has used them for his glory. So I want to say that, too, that I've I've seen and experienced that in my own life and in the life of my friends and, and family And there are seasons where it's like the death by a thousand cuts thing. There's just a lot of little things that are playing together into maybe overwhelm or disillusionment or a lot of the things that you talk about in the book. And so I think we can all relate to this topic and this message, which is why I'm so excited to to dig into it more with you today. And, you know, you, you alluded to this a little bit, but sometimes our story just gets flipped upside down versus what we are kind of expecting. And I wonder for somebody who maybe is there today as they're listening, what encouragement maybe has really helped you in those moments to just really cling to the hope that we have in Christ? Yes. So one of the things that um, I've just recently gone through in the past year was a huge ministry shift for our family. Mm. And it was unexpected. And um really hurtful. And so holding on to these two characteristics of God has been a lifeline and it's these two. And I talk about them in the book, but his goodness and his sovereignty. Because if we believe God is sovereign, that's a little bit comforting. And if we believe that God is good, well, that's, that's comforting too. But both of those together If we understand Mm. that he is in control, but also loves us so deeply and is so good for us. There's a verse in Psalms that says he stored up goodness for those that he loves and Mm. he stores it up. That means it's just there waiting to be poured out on us. And if we believe those two truths, then I think that that can really help us in those really desperate moments when things have completely shift and just saying those to ourselves, God, I know you're good and I know you're sovereign. And so I'm just going to trust your character and trust that you are both of these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. The thing that, and listeners have heard me say this dozens of times probably, but the thing about God's character that has really encouraged my own heart over the last couple of years is this big theological word with a really simple meaning. And it's, it's the fact that he is immutable or he, that he doesn't change. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about his goodness, when we think about his sovereignty and we get to lay that up against the fact that everything we know to be true about him, his, his justice, his mercy, his, his power, his presence in our life, all of those things, we also get to stand on the fact that they will never change. Yes. Amen. 
Yes. Right? Yes. And that's what I can't get over in my own just walk with him is that in those times where our lives are experiencing so much change or maybe they're flipped upside down or it's death by a thousand cuts and yet we are known and we serve a God who doesn't change. That just like makes me take a deep breath (laughs) and a sigh of relief to remember, you know? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Because these characteristics of God that we see his sovereign goodness is what I call it, his sovereign goodness and his sovereignty and all of that woven together into our story. And the fact that he never changes brings us comfort when we come to scripture, right? And we read these stories from the Old Testament, New Testament, you know, written happening thousands of years and we see God working and we think that's the same God. That's yeah. the same God that is in control of my life as well. Psst. Did you know that my debut book, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl is available wherever you like to buy books? I wrote it, well, I wrote it just for you, friends. So if you are ready to see your gifts and talents from a gospel-centered perspective, prioritize goals related to your calling as you move forward with gumption and grace, maximize your passions in the work you do every day, actively partner with God to serve Him and love others, and overcome negative thought patterns so you can brainstorm, develop, and create with the confidence of a go-getter girl. If that sounds like you, then I want you to order today at the link in the show notes below. Each chapter includes prayer prompts, scripture for further study, questions for reflection, action steps to move your goal forward, and accompanying videos for individual or small group discussion. So grab a friend or 12 and let's use God's word as our compass to do the thing. After all, if not now, when? One of my greatest joys is having the opportunity to come share God's word at women's events, retreats, and conferences. I'm booking speaking engagements for this year and next year and would love to chat with you about your church's next event. Shoot me an email at hello at radicalradiance.live to start a conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of, good segue, uh, (laughs) talking about the Old Testament, you wrote a lot about Moses in this book, and I would love for you to share with listeners how did his life and his facing of confusion and painful plot twists and those types of things encourage you along the way as you were writing about this topic? So you, if I, if I were writing on disillusionment or disappointment or, or, you know, things not going as planned, you could pick a lot of characters in the Bible, right? Totally. <laughs> we could list 10 right now where their life didn't go as planned. Joseph is is a big one too. But I picked Moses. I don't know if it was because in the back of my mind, I'm going to turn 30 or 40, 40 this year. And I was thinking about the life of Moses. And when he was 40 years old, he had plans and he had prepared to be the leader of Israel. He was going to lead these people out of slavery. He was going to rescue his people. And God said, no. And he drove him out into the wilderness. You know, we can talk about Moses and his faults and, you know, consequences of maybe some poor decisions on, on his part. But ultimately, God drove him to the wilderness when he was 40 at the prime. Yeah. 
right? The prime of his life. And I'm here, you know, thinking about turning 40 and thinking, what if the next 40 years looks like a wilderness season? What if it looks like it's unfruitful? And so I just dove into that specific portion of Moses' story and realized that that was probably the most fruitful season, even though it was a hidden season in Moses' life. Because he left Egypt at the age of 40, and he came back at the age of 80 a completely different person. He was a completely different person. And a lot of people say, you know, he met God at the burning bush, and that's what changed. But I believe that God used that 40 years in the wilderness to prepare Moses. And and God called Moses from the burning bush, but God didn't instantly change Moses. And his character didn't instantly change from 40 to 80. It took a lot of time. Yeah. And so... I think seeing Moses' story really resonated with me um, and also to realize, you know, this is one of the greatest men that is referenced throughout the whole Bible. The Israelites in Jesus' time, he was like, he was the epitome. I mean, other than Abraham, he was the law of Moses. Like he was put on this pedestal, but he was a regular person, just like me and you. He had faults. He had, you know, and that's why people say the Bible's true because, you know, they share all the, the faults of these men, right? That yeah. you see, if, if, if I was writing a history, you know, I wouldn't include the faults. <laughs> yeah. I kind of gl- glance over. So we can know that this was inspired word of God because, you know, they include some of these um, faults that these people, but to, to realize that the story wasn't about Moses, it was about God and his character. And so just pulling that through, it really resonated with me as I was studying and reading. I love that so much. Well, we touched on this early in the episode, but I know this has been true for me when I experience interruption or maybe even a darker, really hard season of life. I know I have seen this happen where God just uses those things to get my attention or show his sovereign power, as you you mentioned in the book. And I wonder, how's that been true for you? And if somebody is in that kind of moment today, um, I don't know, what hope, encouragement would you offer them? Well, one of the things that um, my husband and I have really discovered this past year, this has been a very, this is, we count this as the hardest year of our entire family this past year. However, coming up, you know, on the other side, we're kind of, we're kind of feeling our way up to the other side of, of all the heartache and everything that we experienced. But um, one of the things that was very encouraging was someone told us, they said, everything that happens is to grow us more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, this is something practical that you might want to do. Um, yeah. One of the things that we did is I, we were having a conversation before bed, like we always do, you know, cause you're thinking about all the things and I just said to him, I said, I don't feel like I've grown at all to be Christ-like this mm-hmm. season. I couldn't see anything that's changed. And he said, oh, I can. And he started listing things that he had seen in my life. And I said, well, I've mm-hmm. seen this and this and this in your life. And he goes, oh, I hadn't, mm-hmm. I hadn't really seen that change. I said, well, I've seen this growth in you. And he was showing. So maybe finding someone that you're close to that 
you don't have to necessarily be walking the same thing, but that knows you you before and after or during the season and say, have you seen any Christ likeness and be honest and vulnerable. Yeah. And because we miss it sometimes we miss how God is growing us. And then um, I talk about a lot of in the book about our adoption Uh, We have two children we've adopted from China, and our daughter we adopted first, and it was just a really hard transition. I had really unreasonable expectations, maybe. I think there was some miscommunication between um, where she was in China and our agency, and just, you know, her special needs Mm -hmm. was much more severe than what we really had in mind. And so walking that sort of path um, revealed a lot of God's faithfulness in my life. And as I was walking that hard path of suddenly having a child with special needs and realizing this was the path now for the rest of my life, we, we still don't know. I mean, we were having a conversation last night, my husband and I, our kids are out of town this weekend with grandparents. And so it was just the two of us, which feels Mm. very odd. And so we were (laughs) out to dinner and, and I said, this is what it's going to be like you know, in 10 years or 12 years when they yeah. all move away. And we were just kind of like, it's sad and happy. Like it would be sad and happy. And, but then he mentioned, you know, our daughter and he's like, well, I don't know. And I thought, no, we don't know if she'll still be at mm-hmm. home with us or if she'll live independently. That is completely unknown in our future right now. She is, um, she is 10 years old. And so you know, I don't know what the next 10 years will look like for her. And so walking through the, that grieving period, the first few years of bringing her home, God really revealed his faithfulness. He said, you know, I, you want to see the future. You want to see what it's going to look like and be predictable. But I'm going to just say you have enough for today. And you have, this is where you are today. And I'm going to be here with you today. And so yeah. his faithfulness during that period um, really transformed so much of where I am today. And so definitely God uses those seasons to grow us to be more yeah. like Christ. Sometimes we don't see it. We have to ask other people. Other times, you know, that's been eight years ago. Sometimes it takes yeah. a while for us to see how God is changing us. So I would encourage you to be patient, be in God's word, listening to podcasts like this to help keep your heart encouraged, but just know that God, nothing is wasted. God is not going to waste this season at all. Amen. That's so good. So good. One of the verses that stuck out to me as, as we think about this whole topic that I think is just really pertinent. It's Psalm 90, verse 12. It'll be recognizable to a lot of us that have been in our Bibles for a while. And it talks about numbering our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I think sometimes when we think about redeeming our time or numbering our days, we find encouragement in those words. And yet we look at our life full of busyness and disappointment and things like that. And we have a hard time taking the words on the page and applying, like, what does it mean to number my days, right? What does it mean to do that to gain a heart of wisdom? And so will you just share a little bit about what that means in our daily lives in light of this topic? Well, so I love Psalm 90 because it is the only Psalm that's written by Moses. 
So Psalm 90 is sort of Moses at the end of his life, his sort of last words to the children of Israel. They're going to enter the promised land without him. So here's what I want you to know. And the first half of it is pretty, it's kind of a downer. It's like, we're going to suffer and life is short and you you might have this many years. But then he gets to this verse and he says, number your days. And I've always had the connotation that it's like, your days are numbered. Like, yeah, warning, you know, like God knows how many days you have. And so make them count like it was up to me to make them count. Mm. And instead, I've read a lot about this verse from a lot of commentaries and and just diving into the heart of Moses and seeing that actually he it's an encouragement to us because he's saying each day counts. Yeah, you don't have to make it count because if you skip down, I think it's verse 14. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it's verse 14 where he says and establish the work of our hands and he's asking God. God will establish the work of our hands. So this idea of making the days count, that's up to God. God is making each of these days count. Are we going to recognize it? The wisdom is in recognizing how God is already working in our that's lives. Right. Yeah. And so it's an encouragement that nothing is wasted, that yeah. each of these days that feel really busy and full and like I might be spinning my wheels and um, I heard a song that recently that talked about walking the same set of stairs every night before bed. And I thought, yeah, like you kind of do the same thing every day. That counts. God is going to establish that. He's going to make it a foundation for something else. And it's up to us to to recognize and continue to work so mm-hmm. that we can work together with God. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. So if somebody is coming to the conversation today and they are just really relating to this topic of disappointment, disillusionment, feeling like maybe they're just in that season of death by a thousand cuts, or it's those one of those bigger changes that they're navigating through that they did not sign up for, I wonder what has been helping you as you walk through a really hard year, it sounds like for your family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we know we'll experience more of those this side of heaven. Um, what's helping you fix your heart on God's greater plan and purposes for you and for your family, like in, in real life, because we get to live out our books, right? Like that's yep. the, that's the beautiful, hard thing about being an author. I wonder what, what's that looking for, looking like for you right now? I think for me, and it sounds really simple, um, but it's also very difficult. It's just having that daily time with God. Um, One of the things that I've tried to to incorporate is I I read, I like to read in the morning. I like to kind of pray in the morning and then I kind of go about my day. But one of the things that I really try to do at night, because that's when I like relax and Mm -hmm. all those thoughts come in of, was today wasted or did I accomplish what I wanted to? A lot of those thoughts come at night. And so I've been trying to read through the Psalms again. um, I've been trying to read through Proverbs and um, Philippians and just kind of taking a couple verses from each of those books and just meditating on God's word, kind of going to bed at night, thinking about his truth and thinking about um, 
his character. One of the things that we were really encouraged to do when, as we walked through this, we met with our pastor and even a counselor, and we just kind of walked through a lot of the the hurt. And one of the things that we were encouraged to do was to memorize scripture. And they were scripture that, and they're scripture that I already knew. Like these were verses like Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing in all things, give thanks. But saying them, our counselor told me, he said, you need to say that verse 10 times a day. And so throughout the day, I taped it up in various places in my house. And I would just say that verse in Romans 8, 28, right? For all things work together for good. We like to throw those verses out. um, But if we really believe those truths, then continually having it in front of me kept bringing my heart back to that truth and hiding it in my heart. That is a danger for me. Yeah, that's so good. I completely agree. I love that. Well, because you listen to the show, you will recognize the last question that I ask all of my guests that come on the show, Radical Radiance. It goes back to another verse in the Psalms that I love. I love Psalm 34, and this verse is kind of buried in Psalm 34. It's verse 5, and it says, Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces are never covered in shame. And so we kind of center all of our conversations around that. What does it look like to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do, our life, our work, our relationships? And so the question I love asking, Sarah, in this season of your life, what about Jesus makes you radiant? I think for me, keeping Jesus at the center of my life really helps me radiate him. It's easy for me to run to my husband or even Mm -hmm. my children, (laughs) my mom, my sister. I have great relationships that I love very dearly. And it's easy for me to come to a point where I run to other people and pour out my heart and talk through things and all of that. What has helped me is to step away, not from the relationships, but from that pouring out of my heart. And Mm -hmm. when I'm and when I've been in this hard season, I have journaled so much. Yeah. And, and it's more, if you look, flip through, it would be more um, prayers to God and things mm. that I want to say to God. And mm. I've been honest and I've been angry and I've been hurt and I've been um, rejoicing. I've been happy. I've just shared all and I write it out or sometimes I will just pray and Keeping Jesus sort of that center helped all the rest of my life kind of fit into place. And when he's not, I can feel it. I can feel it when I've not, when I've, you know, tried to fill it up with something else or someone else. Yeah. So good. So, so good. Well, I am so excited for, I didn't sign up for this to come out into the world here in a few weeks. We're letting this air just a couple weeks before the book launches. And so knowing that we're a couple weeks before that, I know you have pre-order bonuses and all the things that you're giving away to early readers of the book. And so I would love to just give you space to share all about that with listeners. Yes. So if you go to the link, I think Rebecca will provide, um, you can go to identsignup.com and that will take you directly to the book page. And no apostrophe for I didn't. So just I didn't Perfect. sign up. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're giving away uh, the first two chapters for free. And then I created a study guide so you can do this 
book as sort of a, not necessarily a Bible study, but like a book study group. And so it's going to be, um, I say it's going to be because at the time of recording, we haven't, we haven't created it just yet, but it's going to be, yeah. uh, it's a PDF where you have additional questions for each chapter, but also a very detailed plan for how to run a book study and how to like cool. facilitate one in your house all these myths that we have about having people over to our house. And I want to encourage you to grab some women and, and do this, do this book together and talk about it because I believe community is such a vital part of our healing process. So if you want, you can pre-order and then you get those two, you get the first two chapters you'll get. And if you pre-order from Amazon, you get like the price guarantee, which I love. So if it goes down in price, you get it cheaper. And then you also get the study guide. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Well, I could not be more excited for you, friend, as you launch this into the world. I know that you have fought hard for this message and you're still living it out just as I feel the same way about my book that came out this year as well. And so super proud of you and excited for you. And I'm excited for listeners to get their hands on the book. So again, thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It was a joy. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sarah. Go grab a copy of I Didn't Sign Up For This wherever you like to buy books and go grab all of her pre-order bonuses that are available for you now over the next couple of weeks as she launches this book into the world. And hey, if you were particularly encouraged by this episode, would you consider sharing it with a friend? Just hit the share button, text it to a friend, and then go have coffee and chat about it. Did you know that in our weekly newsletter where we recap everything going around going on around here for you, we include some discussion questions for you. That way, as you hang out with your friends who also listen to Radical Radiance, you can have great conversation around what we talk about in the episodes. So you can go sign up for that today over at RadicalRadiance.live. I'd love to see you there. And I will be back next week for another amazing episode. See you then.